Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So we are warned not to add anything to God's Word. Why? Because it's not lacking. It's totally sufficient. So not only can we know that God's Word is accurate, but God adds we can trust that His Word is 100% sufficient. Anything we need to know about life, your family, the future, is found in God's Word. For Christians, the Bible is the only true way to learn how to do life right. It's the one instruction book that won't leave you scratching your head, wondering how in the world A fits together with M when there is no Z. (laughs) Assembling a toddler's bike pales in comparison with managing a life, even though at times it may seem pretty close. Kidding aside, we've all experienced the struggle and uncertainty of life, so it's encouraging to know we can trust Scripture to guide us turn by turn through each step. Listening to learn about how what you believe about God and His Word can have a great impact in your life right now and the future. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 1, with part one of his message entitled, God Size Your Future. Well, what can we know about the future? Obviously, the psychics don't have a clue. You can't trust any of them. Well, thousands of years ago, there was a man named Agar who poised the kind of the same questions as he began to think about life and wisdom and wisdom in general. We're going to see in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 1, and in a few verses, what he discovered about life, about the future, and about God. Verse 1, the sayings of Agar, son of Jacob, an oracle, this man declared, Elthiel, and to Eucal. Now who is Agar? The Bible doesn't tell us. That's an important principle. When we study the Bible, there are, realistically, there are questions that are left unanswered. When the Bible is silent, we're to remain silent. If God doesn't make it plain in His Word so that we can either do it or understand it, then there's times that we just have to say, okay, we kind of don't have it all together now. One day we'll get it when we get to heaven, but right now we just don't know. We don't really know who Agar is. But there are things in God's Word that He's going to share with us that do bring comfort and direction to us. So here's an important key for all of us. When you come to things in your life, and realistically also in the Word, 
that you don't understand. Just take a step back to that which you do understand. Because there will be things that come into your life, you won't make sense of them. I won't either. So just drop back to the characteristics of God and know that you can trust Him with your life. Some of these things will maybe have a better clue as we finish the year. Some we may never know until we get to heaven. Verse 2, look what Agar says. I am the most ignorant of men. I do not have a man's understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. In those two verses, we say Agar's humble confession. He's just saying, I'm a man. And when I begin thinking about God, because what you're going to see here is God has given him uh, some things to write. God has spoken to him, and he's just writing these down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as he thinks about God, he, he says this, apart from the revelation of God, apart from the things he's going to give me, I don't really have any wisdom. I really don't get life. I don't really totally understand God. Well, you might say that's a pretty negative thing. No, that's a pretty realistic thing. When you think about God, when I think about God, it's tough. So what Agar is saying is this, what he's about to write didn't come because he had four years of Bible college. He didn't have any. But what he's going to write in these next just few verses came directly from God. And he trusts God, even though he doesn't totally understand all of it, he trusts this. So what he's going to say is wisdom didn't come from him, but this wisdom that he's about to share with us tonight came from God. Now remember, during the book of Proverbs, we've defined for you what Proverbs says wisdom is. Here's what it is. Take a note. Wisdom is living according to God's word. His point of view gives us that word. His values we find in the word. And also in that word is his timing. So God's wisdom, you can't separate it from his word. And as we go through the word, and this is what Agar's saying, I'm going to write this down. God's giving me this to write. And this is God's wisdom. It's his word. It's his point of view. It's his values. And he's told me now to write it. So I'm going to write it. What you're going to read in the next two verses, three verses, is more than human wisdom. Now we're filled with human wisdom and much of it's fine. It's good. But when we move outside the realm of here and we go to the future, and certainly when we go to eternal things, man's wisdom fails. Now you can go to the internet, you can plug in any subject you want, and you can spend years following all the websites. But that will never tell you what God's Word will tell you. You see, we don't know from human knowledge what's ahead. Only God does. So like Agar, as you've seen in verse 2 and 3, we need to admit our need of God's wisdom. That's why you're here tonight. We need to ask Him to enlighten our minds. That's what I'm asking God to do as we study tonight, so that we can discover God's plans for you and for me. Every one of us, God has chosen to 
use us. And we have different plans. All of our lives, we'll be together certain times of the week, but during the rest of that week, we're everywhere in this community, around this country, around this world. Now, there are some people that think what you're going to read next in verse 4 is written with irony. Some people believe that Agar has met a guy, you know them, we call them smart alecks or know-it-alls. Don't you hate those know-it-alls? Well, this is what Agar's kind of going to. This is the guy who says, I've got it all together. I've got great wisdom and insight apart from God. Wow, man. Well, you're going to see Agar say, well, if you have it all together... Answer these five little questions. Here we are in verse 4. Here are the questions. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Who has gathered up the wind in the hollow of his hands? Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and the name of his son? Tell me if you know. What Agar says is basically this. Who can go to the heights of the universe and return back to the earth? I mean, who's able to go to heaven and come back to earth and go to heaven and come back to earth? Well, not man. Who has control over the winds with just his hand? Not you, smart aleck, or any of us. Who controls the waters of this whole earth? Not man. Who established the land boundaries between water and land on our earth? Well, not man. Well, what is his name? Not man. In the name of his son? Not man's son. The answer to all five questions is God. It's the only answer. Agar concludes this to the smart aleck and to himself. And you need to be reminded of tonight and so do I. Human wisdom is totally inadequate to understand life. If you're here and you're just visiting, you think, well, I really have it all together. I want to tell you to reconsider because you don't have it all together. You might think you have it all together for here, but there'll be things come across your life that you cannot make sense of. And for sure, when you leave this life, you definitely, without God, will not have it all together. Well, that kind of says, as we read verse 4, man, is there anything that we can, we can do to, to grasp what life is all about? Well, Agar goes on. Now remember, God's giving him this. Look what God says to Agar. And he wrote it down, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So Agar says, well, God told me, I know the answer to those five questions is God. But when I think about God, when I comprehend his nature, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. He's everywhere at the same time. He's the creator of everything. He's always existed. Go figure. Huh? He's always existed. Well, how can I begin to know this God? The God that I'm writing down. And God says this, every word of mine is flawless. The word flawless means this in the Hebrew, pure, tried in a furnace, like pure gold, no alloys or impurities in it. In other words, when we open God's word, it's totally Accurate, 100% pure. You don't have to fish for things and bring out a little silver or a little impurities or a little dirt or what. It's all God's word. 
So what we believe about God and his word will have an incredible impact on your life this year. We see this repeated, 2 Samuel, I have it for you, and the overhead says this, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. So God, the creator of the universe, writing through Agar, says, I'm all-knowing. I live outside of time. Did you know that? God, God lives outside of time tonight. And he has a perfect picture of what's going to take place. He knows whether the Cubs will ever. If you're from Chicago, I'm picking on you tonight. But God knows. Not that he cares, but he knows. So, is it important that we be able to trust God's word? Absolutely. Listen, we can trust God's word to be 100% accurate, even about the future, comma, your future. So as we go through it tonight, you will see some things about your future in God's word. It's going to be exciting when we get there. Now look at verse 6. Not only does Agar get up. A great theological statement that every word of God is flawless. But then he gives a pretty severe warning. Look what God says to Agar. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you, notice, and prove you a liar. So we are warned not to add anything to God's word. Why? Because it's not lacking. It's totally sufficient. So not only can we know that God's word is accurate, but God adds we can trust that his word is 100% sufficient. Anything we need to know about life, your family, the future, is found in God's word. God doesn't sit up in heaven and go, Oh, man, I forgot to put that in there. <laughs> Think about this. Have you ever... I know you have. You've opened a, a, a gift that you got your kids for Christmas, and it has all these parts you got to put together. Hmm? And there's always one at the... either got two left over or one short. And you wonder if it's going to work or not. That's not the way God's Word is. It's exactly right. And when you and I have any need in our life, you can find the answer in his word. It's totally accurate, reliable, and sufficient. Now, why the confusion then about the Bible? It's because of one thing. Satan, his number one attack is always against the word of God. Why? Because it is the only source of truth. There is no source of truth outside of God's word. So Satan's after it. In the Garden of Eden, he started with Eve. He tried to get her to say, I don't believe in God's word. Later in, to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 2, God says this, Moses, teach the people not to add or subtract from the word. Just keep what I said as true. In the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, I have for you on the overhead. Look what Jesus says. You don't need to turn there. Look what he says. I warn everyone who hears the words 
of the prophecy of this book. If anyone, what's the word? Adds anything to them, God will do what? He'll get the plagues. Well, that's a pretty specific warning, isn't it? So you don't want to add to God's word. Well, let's go to the next verse. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So we don't want to add. We don't want to take it away. Yet today, today, do we see God's word being added to and taken away from? Certainly, by Satan, all through it. Continually and successfully, Satan does it. You say, well, what are you talking about, Pastor Mark? Books like Chicken Soup for the Soul, Tuesday for Maury's, Conversations with God, which should be titled Conversations with Satan, the Quran, the cults, Mormons, Jehovah Witness, Scientology, have all added to the Word of God and taken away from it. Liberal theologians, the Jesus Seminar that's so popular in our world, they have reduced basically the Bible down to nothing. They've taken away from it. But none of these substitutes, even as popular as there are, have answers to life. You see, the Bible is the only roadmap, the only true way to life. So we can be confident that God, who is the creator of the universe, was certainly able to 40 guys give us a book that we can base our life on. And that's what he's done. He did it over many years. 66 books, 40 authors, and all kind of languages, but one main author, and it was God. You can trust it. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, thanks for the information, but realistically, um, I'm a Christian. I don't add or subtract from the Bible. No, we don't. But we do this. I believe many of us simply limit the power of God's word in our life. I believe that many of us have allowed our faith to shrivel. I believe many of us have just been going through a spiritual kind of a circus wheel. We're just kind of in a rut. Yeah, that's God's word I've heard. Yeah, it's true. Big deal. Well, it is a big deal. And it will change our lives. I want to give you four keys tonight. This is God's word to you tonight for your life. Number one, turn with me into the book of Ephesians chapter three. Number one, expect God to do great things. God size your future. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about you now. Expect God to do great things. God size your future. Let's look at Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to, circle the word, his power that is at work within, circle the word, us. God wants to do more in our lives right now. Right now. It's possible. Look at this verse. I have it for you in the overhead. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You see, God, God is always looking. And when He's looking at man, He says, Oh, please get it tonight. Get it 
His eyes are going throughout the universe. And he's saying to you, how big am I in your life? A.W. Tozer says it like this. God is looking for those whom he can do the possible. What a pity. We plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. You see, God is looking to use you as a conduit to work through you. But so many of us, we, we're just out doing our own thing in our own strength, in our own power. What are you expecting God to do in and through your life? You see, God knows our potential, and it's not what we imagine. God has put within us tremendous potential. He visualizes it. He sees it. We often don't get it. We limit God. So I want to challenge you tonight. Number one, expect God to do great things. God size your future. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Second point, step out in faith when God commands. Step out in faith when God commands. Not before, not after, when. You have to wait on his timing. Now in Luke chapter 5, verse 4, I'll pick it up for you. The first three verses, basically, Jesus began to teach the people. And he came, and there were so many people on the seashore, Galilee, that he saw some boats. And he said to Peter, I'm going to get in your boat, take me out a little bit, just a little bit out in the shallow water so I can teach the people so they can see me. So Peter took him out in the boat. There they are, shallow parts, Jesus is teaching. Now he finishes his teaching, the people, but he's going to teach some tremendous principles to his disciples. I want you tonight to be Peter. You see, this isn't the first time Peter and the disciples had met Jesus. They'd met him before. They'd dealt with him before. They'd been challenged to follow him before. They were working all this over. I want you to think about yourself tonight. It's good in the Bible. You see, the Bible's filled with pictures and sights and sounds and smells. Put yourself on the seashore. Galilee, whatever. By the way, it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Picture yourself tonight as Peter and you're in the boat. And you've been cleaning the nets and Jesus has been teaching. You've been listening to him. It's been exciting. Now, look what Jesus says to you. Verse 4. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, another name for Peter, put out into, circle the word, deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, immediately, Peter being the fisherman had a vision of what would happen if he obeyed Jesus. It's a well-known fact, certainly still to this day. You can't net them in the day because they go to the deep to get away from you and your nets can't get down to where they are. So when you come to things you don't understand, what should you do? Go back to what you do understand. Pastor Mark just warned that we need to be careful when tempted to seek advice or direction from anything other than the Word of God. Scripture is flawless, enlightening, and the only way you can be sure you're on the right track is to discover and decipher God's plans for your life. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Wisdom is living life according to God's point of view, with God's values and in His timing. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach that human wisdom is totally inadequate when trying to understand life. From God's perspective, we're capable of much more than we'd ever imagine. Be sure and tune in to learn how to step out in faith when He commands, allowing Him to God-size your future. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for